I would love to say that my faithfulness in ministry is because I try hard or because uh, I, I have some extra holy mark on me, but the reality is I'm just as fallible as every other human being. And what I noticed is the only reason I have any longevity in ministry is because of the systems that are around me. They were systems I needed to invest in. They were systems that I needed to build. And some of them actually in the grace of God, he built around me. And those are the only reason why I'm still strong with the Lord today. Well, hi everybody and welcome to Building Blocks, a seven part weekly podcast series released in conjunction with our Building God's Way teaching series through the book of Nehemiah. Each week we are talking to a member of our staff or leadership team about tools we can use to build our lives God's way. And today I am joined by Pastor Lance Hahn and we're just gonna talk about systems for building our lives God's way. So Lance, just as we get started here, when did you first realize or when did you first notice the importance of systems for kind of maintaining your spiritual health, maintaining your fitness for ministry, those types of things? Yeah. So the irony is it's not natural to me. So the irony is, is that Susie is the systems builder. I was very much free flow and I just kind of want, you know, I loved creativity and I loved just kind of going with whatever was in the area. And then I realized that, that I tended towards burnout. I would tend towards mm-hmm. running really hard and then my body would crash. So actually a lot of the systems that got developed were number one, uh, reflection. Number two, the idea that uh, my wife had some wisdom there. And number three, honestly, because of the weakness of my body. So I've been mm-hmm. very open about the struggles that I have about panic disorder and all those things. Well, I can't do whatever I want to do. I actually have to go according to a system just to be able to keep going. So I think it was kind of a, uh, I don't want to get too fancy here. It was kind of a perfect storm of of understanding that it was like, oh, shoot, I better do something. Yeah. So this last weekend, you you laid out four different types of systems that have been built into your life. And I I want to talk through each of those four because I thought they were all really helpful. Before we get to that, though, I want to ask you one other question or just talk about one other subject here. I've been doing a lot of reading, just I read leadership stuff and you, you do as well. And, and one theme I keep seeing in these books I've been reading, like I didn't necessarily seek it out, but these authors keep bringing it up, is, is issues related to, to systems and kind of the importance of looking at the health of systems as opposed to just treating situations. Uh, why is it, because I think I'm kind of like you in this regard, and I think a lot of people are, why, why is it, are we so prone to just treat situations and symptoms and why do we have such a hard time going and saying, okay, what what is the system that is producing this dysfunction right now? Totally. I, I think, first of all, it's the tyranny of the urgent, right? It's like yeah. something's just coming at me. I don't have time to back up and think big picture. I don't have time to be that organized. And I got so many other things to do. Um, what is so, I guess, beautiful about systems is they carry you when you're not watching. And and I think that a lot of times we think we're watching all the time. If we do our systems right, there are less fires. So, for example, even using that analogy, um, that one of the things that I remember growing up being up in El Dorado Hills before there was (laughs) there was a lot of fancy houses. um, I would watch the fire department do burn marks and they would burn fields way ahead of time and they would do fire breaks. That's what they're called. So they would burn whole paths so that if a Mm. fire hits, it could only go so far. That is a system 
they did in advance so they wouldn't have to panic in the moment. And so th yeah. that's the kind of stuff I think is just, it's just brilliant. It makes your life easier. Yeah. No, I, I think you're right. It's, I think about that old Peter Drucker quote that uh, culture eats strategy for breakfast. And that's more of an organizational health kind of thing. And there's some truth to that, certainly. But I think in our, it, it's kind of a systems quote as well in our individual lives, this idea of, okay, what's, what's operating beneath the surface is what's going to influence kind of the day-to-day -day actions more than, I mean, and I think your analogy of, oh, hey, we think we're sort of carrying things on our own all the time when really there's stuff operating behind the scenes. So yeah, I think that's really, really uh, important. So, so let's just take a few minutes and talk through these four different uh, types of systems you've seen in your, in your life. Cause I think there's some, some wisdom here that we can, we can take and kind of take a look at our own lives and say, okay, are these things present? Do I need to develop them? So the first one you mentioned is a, is a healthy support system. Talk mm -hmm. to us about that a little bit. Yeah. It, it's interesting because uh, after church, I had a young man come up to me and this is only the second time he's been back to church uh, over not just a year, but it was actually a little longer than that. And he had tears in his eyes and he said, I want what you have. I want those systems. And I think there's a mistake when we believe that the systems just happen, right? So when I talk about a healthy support system, some of it happened to me, uh, but very little of it. So for example, when I talked about having a godly mom, we can't choose to have godly parents. That That's something that God uh, is interacting with way before we come on the scene. So if I'm going to talk about a healthy support system, we are in charge of the majority of it, but not all of it. Yeah. Sometimes, uh, like for example, um, I, the, I think it all begins with the idea um, that if you're going to get married, and this is something that people just don't take seriously, if you're going to choose to get married, the selection of appropriate spouse that also loves the Lord sets a tone for the rest of your life. It sets a tone for your children. It sets a tone for your home. It sets a tone for a bunch of things. It sets a tone for decision-making in your house. Now, yeah. if you feel called and peaceful in being single, which, uh, you know, once again, I encourage you. I think it's wonderful. It's not like we have to get married. Um, if you're single, you're going to, those choices start kicking out a little bit more important in your friendships, your community. So yeah. when we select out, but a lot of times it's like, oh, well, I'm going to do my life. I'm into God. It doesn't matter who I date. You're going to marry the last person you date. You know what I mean? That's just kind of how it yeah. works. And then when it comes to friendships that a lot of times we're like, well, I'm, it does I'm not like them. Okay. But are they a support system to you? When it comes to yeah. stuff like the intercessory prayer team, I had someone bring that idea to me, but I had to adopt the idea. Then I had someone help me build the idea. That was Nicole, right? Yeah. And start to build that idea. But I still had to select out who the prayer people are. You have an intercessor team. Yeah. You yeah. actually have to come up with a list of people. Yeah. And then, then you have to work through the process, right? Yeah. Uh, when I talk about having yeah. a godly staff at work, not all of us have the ability to shape who's around us at work. Right. I have more of that ability, but sometimes that's something you actually have to pray into. God, I yeah. need support. So so when I talk yeah. about a support system, it's not like that just happened for me. Right. Well, I think that you sort of, you, you put these things into two kind of helpful categories here. There, there are the ones that, yeah, you have no control over. You did not get to choose your mother, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, neither did I, neither did, did anybody. And there are people who might be listening going, well, that's that's wonderful for you, but that yeah. wasn't my experience. And then on some level, same with 
the people that you work with. But then there, there is so much that we do have some say over, but what you are describing is a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't think that, uh, I think many of us sort of expect that these types of relationships can just sort of happen when the fact of the matter is it requires a lot of cultivation. I mean, you talk about that with your prayer team. You talk about that with even the establishment of, of our staff. These relationships take take time. And on some level, we have to have the ability to be to be patient and persistent in, especially if we're going, hey, I don't have a healthy support system in my life to be patient and persistent, to make the investment in others, to make the investment in people who can provide some support to us and just recognize it's not going to happen tomorrow. But if we kind of stay the course, the fruit of that can be significant, right? I was, I was this weekend, I met a young single mom and she came out from a very rough background. Uh, She came out of a lot of narcotics abuse and her whole family's involved in it and all her friends, but she felt called by the Lord and she is having to rebuild her entire system. And so for the last couple of years, she's been trying to build into community, build into friendships and she has nothing, no family, no nothing. And so I'm looking at people like that and my respect level is so high for that young lady because she's like, I'm doing it. Period. I have to have it. But building friendships is a lot of work. It is a lot of work. Yes. Yes, it is. So 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 number one is a healthy support system, having yeah. having good people around us. And I think being willing to to make the effort to establish uh, to establish those relationships, to build on existing relationships. Yeah. So the second thing you brought up is an accountability system. Talk, talk to us about that. Yeah. So um, the reality is, is that we're going to go astray. That That's just how it goes. Um I think that we fool ourselves when we think that somehow we're just a better quality of person. There's just human. That's just that's the only yeah. category we got. And we're prone to temptation and fall. Satan's smarter than we are. So our job yeah. is not to outthink him. Our job is to out-obedience him, if that makes any sense. That's not <laughs> even really a phrase, but I just made it up. Um, and so we have to have something that compensates, that allows a system to hold us in to be the best version of us, right? And so what that usually means is it has to start with you choosing to live transparently Uh, because any accountability system can be um, escaped or worked around. So let's let's talk about, for example, there's a lot of people that have filters on their computers. Mm -hmm. That is only effective insofar as you are not shutting it off and going around it or finding a loophole. So in the same way, you need to choose for yourself, I'm going to live out loud. Once yeah. you do that, you now have to have accountability around you, whether it is in friendships of people that know you and are able to speak into your life, or whether or not you have, like, for example, you and I, we actually opted into a system of a church that we have it all over us, right? Yeah. There's, there's a, a loss of a job. Uh, you know, and I've had to walk a, a lot of friends through these yeah. processes of restoration covenants and a lot of these processes of stepping out of the church. And we have a built in accountability system around yeah. us, but that is not what everybody has. Right. right. So, yeah, no, use how to build it for yourself. Yeah. Well, and that, that word you just used, as I was listening to you this weekend, that, that word kept coming to mind, coming to mind, and that, that is choose, that, that on some level, yeah. 
I don't think accountability really works in the long term when it is sort of forced upon us. Now, yep, there are various, doesn't. you know, legal situations in the world where we're forced to live under accountability, maybe. But but I think for for accountability in personal holiness, for accountability in staying away from stuff that's really going to shipwreck us, that there has to be some level of of choosing. It has to be voluntary. We have to be willing to submit ourselves to it. And I think ultimately what comes what the, the benefit of that, of course, is or I, or I should say the reason we would do that is that we see the long-term benefit that at the end of the day the fact that uh my wife has all of my passwords and knows that she can take any of my devices anytime and do anything with it uh in terms of looking at messages or emails or whatever and that she doesn't have to give me an explanation and, and that i went to her and was like hey just so you know this is the system these are all my passwords you can access any information you want at any time whether or not she's taken me up on that, I don't know. And I don't really care. But the fact of the matter is, I said, you know, I for the sake of our, our household and for the sake of you just being confident and everything going on, this is the system I want to submit myself to. And that's just one example. Because at the end of the day, I mean, first of all, I'm just not somebody who's like, oh, I need to protect my privacy super closely. So that's right. maybe a personality thing. But also just that sense of, I want to make sure there is nothing untoward going on. I mean, obviously, unfortunately, you made reference to it a bit ago. In our profession, there are plenty of stories. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going, okay, I want to get out in front of that as far as I possibly can. And and again, it comes from really seeing the benefit, benefit in it. What drama, what hurt, what pain is saved by addressing that accountability on the front end? And when we do that, I think we can see it as a real value, not as some big, terrible hassle, right? Yeah, I want to highlight something that, that Kevin Yerby just said, um, that accountability isn't forced. So one of the things that was really popular in the 80s and the 90s was getting an accountability group that basically was your policing group. You had to go <laughs> yeah. in and they were watching everything and they were, and what I found was during good seasons, that's great. When you're really struggling, you go around them and go underground. Yeah. And, and so the police can only do so much. Right. Yeah. And so you have to say, when I look for accountability group, I'm looking for people that know me, that will talk with me, that care about me and will pray me out of it. Yeah. Not so much make me feel guilty, drive me into shame that those actually I found are not very helpful. Now, I will say it's dependent on personality. Some personalities have to have the cop group <laughs> around them. And I, I don't understand that because that's not me. Yeah. But if it works for your personality, great. Right. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think the policing account. Yes. For a, for a particular personality, that could be great. But yes, the the policing approach to uh, yeah, I, yeah, no good. I don't like it. Anyway, a lot a lot more could be said there, but we'll just, we're going to move on. Okay. So number three is an encouragement system. Uh, I, I liked what you had to say about this one. Talk to us a little bit more about the value of encouragement. Yeah. So I mean, whether it's uh, you know, I just said if I don't have encouragement, it's hard to get up in the morning, right? So that what we deal with in our lives, and I think anybody, if if they're doing any sort of ministry, you look at how Jesus, his heart broke a lot, right? And it's because you're looking at real people and real pain. When you have that type of weight upon you as a believer to say, I don't just care about me, I care about my neighbor. I don't just care about my neighbor, I care about my state and my nation. You carry a certain level of burden that a lot of people that are fully selfish don't carry. And when you have that burden, you have to alleviate it somehow. And primarily it's through encouragement. And for me, it's laughter. So you and I, we laugh a lot together. 
when we brought Josh on, Josh Oot, we laugh together. He's just mm -hmm. he's just fun to be around. When we do our SLT meetings, there's a lot of laughter. Somebody's screwing around and joking around while we're handling very important things. So yeah. in my personality, laughter is my encouragement. In other personalities, it may be words of affirmation that you need someone around you that's going to build you up and not tear you down. And we go, wow, I, I grew up, you know, let's say you grew up in a very dysfunctional home or you have a dysfunctional roommate situation. If you have those, you can't always escape them, but you need to compensate for them. So if you do have someone that's toxic, do you have three other people that are encouraging? Right. right. Yeah. And identifying, I, I like that you brought that up. What works for you from an yes. encouragement standpoint that yes you and i are laughter people like to joke yeah. around like to laugh uh that's that's not true for everybody now why yeah. you would not enjoy laughter i don't know but hey god makes us all different so so you're right maybe it's words of affirmation maybe it's just having time to do something that's really kind of bucket filling for you whether that's exercise or reading or something like that yes. but uh i mean and this sort of relates to what i talked about in, in week six of the nehemiah series that like you have to have time for joy and celebration and those types of things and if they don't exist man that I just feel like that is a recipe for burnout and we're in that burnout stage yeah. and that's when we're really the most susceptible to, to the enemy's attacks. Amen. Um, so, all right. So last one is serving system. Now this one is kind of different from the, from the other yeah. three. I, I liked it a lot. Why is having a serving system important? Yeah. We, if we get up into our heads too much, we hijack ourselves. It, it is always a system when you do navel gazing, right? It's always a system for you to get super discouraged and and you end up getting very, very obsessed with greed, envy, selfishness, right? And you start to implode and pull in on yourself. So the whole point is how do you force your eyes outward? And in order to do that, a lot of times you need a system that demands you care for someone else. So let's say it's as simple as having a job where you're in service, right? So sometimes you can have a job where you can isolate. For some of our personalities, we need a job where we're checking in. Hey, is there anything I can help you with today? Is there anything about where you're looking at someone else? I would suggest yeah. that trying to solve other people's problems isn't always wise, but caring about what's going on in their lives is wise. So, yeah. you know, and once again, it's saying, how do I check up on other people and maybe text them throughout the day? If I text encouragement, you're building in a serving system, whether you have one or not. Right. Yeah. I mean, we have a ton yeah. of church. Right. I mean, you know that. Sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, and you're right. That, that sense of, OK, we're getting our eyes off of ourselves. N none of us are at our healthiest place when we're just thinking about ourselves constantly. And that kind of that ego check that comes in. And you sort of brought this up yesterday to say, like, OK, my life is not going to be about me now. I mean, I think about. Uh, you know, one of the one of the sanctifying benefits of parenting, right, is how much of your time is forced to be spent worrying about others, whether you like it or not, right? And and I think about, you know, obviously there's so, so much joy in that, but that sense of okay, uh, and we joke about how you know marriage and parenting reveals your selfishness, and that is yes. absolutely true. But but I think about that as like, okay, well, actually right now as a parent, I don't get to worry about me right now. I've got other people I need to need to care for. And I think just, yeah, in our webs of various webs of relationships to say, okay, rather than seeking attention for myself, rather than just serving myself, 
What does it look like to get outside of me to try to bring blessing in some way, big and small? Uh, and I think in sort of a circular way, there is there is benefit, again, that comes from that. We get out of our own heads. We're engaged more with what God is doing in the world. And, and we are going to be healthier and less prone to a lot of these things that can really sidetrack us when we're not just spending all that time up in our own heads, right? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Romans 15, 1. Uh, it just says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. And so there is an outward focus of Christianity that needs to be for some of us, a discipline for others of us. We need to kind of rein it in because we get a little codependent. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Uh, So, so I think just having a beautiful balance that it's not just about us. Yep. No, that's super good. All right. Well, hey, thank you so much, uh, Lance, for for sharing that stuff with us both this weekend and just now. Just to recap, we're talking systems for healthy living, number one, building that healthy support system, number two, building in some accountability, voluntary accountability, uh, number three, some encouragement, whatever that looks like for you, and then number four, serving finding a way to get outside of yourself and to serve others. If we can if we can do these things, these are systems that yeah. we can set up that'll save us from a lot of the pain and symptoms of kind of having unhealthy systems, right? Amen. Yep. Cool. Well, thanks again, Lance, for joining us. Thanks to all of you for watching both this episode and all of our episodes of our Building Block series. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you this weekend for Worship at Bridgeway. Bye-bye. <laughs>